from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this yeah. is the best beer show on the internet. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I mean, don't sound too convinced there, Brian. So not- <laughs> So I was trying to think of what you guys used to say. That's what our moms think. According to our mothers. According to our mothers. Yes, oh. yes. All righty. Before we get too deep here, let's get the uh, the ad stuff out of the way. The American Home Brewers Association has a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. Certainly, the AHA will give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. Also, get, want to give a shout-out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patron, Andy Thompson. If you'd like to be as awesome as our patrons, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. And if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, and you know you are, because the holiday season is coming up, up and damn it going to stores sucks so uh head over to blindnessstudios.com click on the amazon link above our homepage your amazon shopping as normal uh, and then we get a bit of a kickback from amazon really helps us out all right brian y'all it's been oh a week since we've been on the air so we should probably uh figure out what the hell you've been up to what have i been up to uh well it is uh Past Oktoberfest season. Um, yeah, so, so now it's we're, sad now. Right, now we're into uh, more winter times. Uh, so at the brewery, we're working on uh, dark beers. We released uh, our coffee stout, uh, and the coffee was, uh, it was purchased, uh, and then uh, the beans were ground to... Um, Ground to a pope. Indeed, yeah. So we, we ground them to uh, make, like if you were going to make a... Um, like a cold brew? Correct. Uh, I was thinking more um, a French press. Oh, okay. If, so like a coarse if, ground? Yeah, so more coarse of a grind. And then uh, we made the cold cold brew, cold press. Did you just steep the... Uh, did you... St- Steep the the beans in the beer or in the wort, or did you? No, we made like you actual. Made, okay, cold you made actual brew coffee and coffee, then, and then <clears throat> excuse me, added it to the bright tank. Um, and so when when you do that, um, how do you how do you mess with your ratios to make sure that you're not going to thin the beer out too much? Uh, well, there's there's it's you're on the right track because there's two two things to consider here. One, you've got oils in the coffee that's going to kill the head on the beer, yeah. and two. Um, you're adding liquid. You're adding liquid, but you're you're not adding so much liquid that it's on on this on our scale that it's going to dilute it okay. as much. Uh, so that being said, yeah, the the usual things we talk about when we're trying to like when we make that actual beer, it's the lactose panda recipe. But your mash temp is going to be higher. <coughs> Excuse me, your mash temp is going to be higher. You're going to add uh, a bit more carafoam. Is kind of the way we go. With it, okay. and then crank. Uh, there's uh, there's a couple other ingredients there. I have to pull up the recipe, but things get beefed up. So basically, you're maximizing your body and your head retention, correct? To uh, compensate for yep. the because you're basically just adding water. You are adding water and oil. Yeah, definitely. And oil. What? That's like when they say you can rub the your finger on the side of your nose and kill your head. kill the head on the beer if that's what you want to do. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but yeah. So there's that. Um, but other than that, uh, had a <laughs> surprise surprise ag inspection at the at the brewery. Uh, agricultural. Yep. Okay. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. So a guy in a white coat, uh, in a you know like farm boy 
everything else, farm boy stuff. Cause the first time this guy came to do the inspection, like we're, uh, one of the, we're the biggest brewery in the area, um, in Western Wisconsin here. Um, and actually we're the only one now. Um, I'm told that pitchfork is changing their designation to brew pub. Yes. So technically we're the only brewery. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, swing, since swinging bridge closed, but in any case, um, yeah. So from a size standpoint, uh, pitchfork is, is, uh, cranking their size. So is Oliphant. Um, but these, this guy, what came about in uh, rush? Rush is definitely bigger than us, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just met in Hudson. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, um, yeah, rush is way bigger, um, than us. Uh, in any case, uh, Long story short, this guy hadn't, uh, when the first time he came in and looked at our facility, he had never done anything except for dairies. And so he was l- like kind of acting like we were a dairy and they're, you know, obviously it's different. I mean, everything. Yeah. There's no poo on the ground. There's no poo on the ground. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> this time, I mean, if there is, you really need to have a talk with Ethan. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this time it was uh, Ethan and Katie were the ones in the brewery and they both were go figure. Both were wearing safety glasses, gloves, boots. And <laughs> it, was like, it was like, oh, the one time one of you wasn't like, you know, out of out of uniform uniform or safety gear <laughs> and the dude is getting inspected yeah the dude was just like man you guys have a great facility and he and he he gave us this like a good a compliment where he like justin and i weren't at the brewery and he came back and he was like your employees were like working and they they didn't need any direction and you know, i don't know how that they're not children to, well there's that too but <laughs> <laughs> they always have a lot of shit to do, so they yeah. better, they better be working. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was that was that's always inter- an interesting surprise because they definitely they you know when usually when they're when the cycles come sort of supposed or, yeah. to be coming, but they just kind of they literally walk in, walk in the back, don't say anything. And Ethan was bending over this bucket of chemical with a full face mask and gloves and everything, and he turned around and there there he was. <laughs> He was like, hi. <laughs> so Justin and I rushed back to the office because we were out in Menominee um, talking to one of the distributor partners. And yeah, so that was interesting. <laughs> Tales from the brewery. So um, so Department of Agriculture is in charge of inspections for you then. Yeah. Um, why not? Like, it seems it'd be like an FDA thing, wouldn't it? Uh, well, we're. But you're considered an agricultural product? We're considered a, a food packaging plant. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize, see, but I thought food packaging, I didn't realize that would fall under egg. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's odd. Uh, weird. Yeah. I mean, same with milk packaging, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, that makes more sense because it's your, like, your packaging, I guess, just like straight from the farm, I guess, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know. That's yeah, just who comes and checks shit out. It's neat. Yeah. So you're saying all I need is a white coat and a John Deere hat, and I can get into any brewery. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it, make sure you got a clipboard. Oh, yeah, a clipboard. <laughs> With a clipboard, you get in anywhere. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> just scribble some just things. Just act like you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what about you, man? Oh, geez. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Uh, I went to Rush River the other day uh, awesome. for their... Uh, um, I don't think 
I, I guess I just went. They they had a sour release that a friend wanted to grab some, and so I went. And what uh, do they call it? Was it kettle or? Um, it was it was just another one of their uh, their Berliners flavored. I think. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, they've been doing that for a while now. I love Rush River. Yeah, yeah. I had a uh, I had a double bubble and a bubble jack for the first time in a long time. I love both of those beers. They were, they were quite delicious, and I was trying to figure out why I stopped drinking them. Uh, yeah. And then I remembered <laughs> the nine percent bit. Well, the nine percent on that, and then um, what's their other really awesome one that their pale ale, the scenic. Yeah, yeah. That's, that beer's the, the shit. minion's pretty solid too. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have a really solid lineup, so yeah. that was good. Uh, then. After that, I uh, went to Orlando uh, for a work thing. Uh, went to Dead Lizard Brewing uh, in Orlando proper. Mm. Uh, really good beers. They had a uh, a key lime sour. Ah, we're working on one of those. That was quite delicious. It tasted like pie filling, mm-hmm. and it it was like yeah, it was a key lime and lactose sour, and it was it was very good. Had uh, had an a barrel aged imperial stout there that was fantastic. Um, and then yesterday was Nacho Day, uh, which is the most sacred holiday, uh, where <laughs> you eat nachos and watch Lord of the Rings all day. And a friend brought over some uh, some pentagram from Surly. Oh shit! And that was delicious too. Uh, what what have they made that? I don't recently. I or? don't I don't know how old it was. But they changed it was, it their some... uh, Todd the Axeman just to Axeman. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Todd hasn't been there for years, three, four years now. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was it. Was it was a good time seeing some breweries. I'm heading to uh, um, to Puerto Rico on Tuesday, so actually, when this goes up, I'll be on a plane, uh, and I'm hoping to hit up uh, Rincon Brewing uh, out there, get some Puerto Rican beer. Nice. So that'll be fun, or at least something besides uh, Madaya. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Not really. Uh, I talked with Gordon yesterday. He's getting, uh, he's finally getting his homebrew gear so he can, he can brew on his own. Yeah. But we st- we're still drinking Big O, so I don't know. Oh my God. Don't drink blah. Yesterday, uh, uh, this might be more of a DOO story, but I'm going to tell it here anyway, because <laughs> it has to do with beer. So Gordon shows up for Nacho Day and I'm like, Hey man, you going to, you going to kick that Big O today? He's like, I'm going to try. And he takes his big 32 ounce cup. You know, the, the, like the big Yeti yeah. one, and goes and fills it up. Did that three times throughout the day of Big Oaf. Good Lord. And I was like, dude, how are you not, how are you still standing? Oh, I mean, you were sitting, but. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Gordon. It's Gordon. It's Gordon. He drank, you know, 13 pints of Space Force and then went and drank bourbon at. Yeah. Agave. I don't know. He is a freak. He is a freak. He is a freak. Um, yeah, other than that, not, not much on my end. Uh, yeah. I will say I'm sick and tired of, uh, airplane beers. (laughs) (laughs) At least I had Fulton on the flight down because I took, uh, uh, Sun Country and they have Fulton on there now. That's, that's pretty cool. Delta has Surly? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Yeah, sounds, uh, maybe. I don't remember now. Yeah, I don't remember either. Doesn't matter. All right. What are we talking about today, Brian? Oh, we have a listener thing that we should talk about. Let yeah, me, we should do that. Let and me then pull that up quick. We'll do a, the listener thing, which I can't remember. I read it, but I, now I don't remember. And then uh, we'll do a, a quick chit chat on 
uh, fermentation vessels. We won't get too fermentation deep. Fermentation vessels. Yeah, we won't get too deep because that's another thing where uh, there's a lot of like geometry and unnecessary. All right. uh, yeah, so this listener reached out to us on uh, the Instagram. Um, uh, local uh, Cole um, looks like a, hang on, Espanol homemade beer. Uh, oh, from Colombia. Oh, cool. That's really cool. People will be listening to us in Colombia. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, hi, guys. Just heard the uh, the Mill podcast, and have I have a question. Do you know the precise or approximate inches uh, that I have to adjust my malt mill? So uh, I guess this this could potentially be on uh, commer- it looks like commercial scale. Oh, on a commercial scale. On a commercial scale. Oh, boy. So that's going to be, well, it looks like large home brewery if I'm looking at this uh, Instagram uh, properly here. Uh, what is it called? Uh, local underscore COL. Mm-hmm. Um, and Antioch- Antiochia. Antiochia. Loco underscore? Uh, L-O-C-A-L underscore C-O-L. Cervecero Casero. Dead air, sorry. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep talking. Oh, it looks cool. Uh, oh, little video there. Um, looks like... Here, here, here's the, uh, uh, I don't know, probably 10-gallon system, 15-gallon system. It's nothing huge. Definitely less than a barrel. Okay. Okay. Um, but anyway, so, um, homebrew, homebrew side, like, you can, like, get really finicky with it, but we were saying, um, a good starting spot is either where your mill's adjusted, which I think is... Um, or, uh, like if you take like the width of a credit card and like put that in there. Yeah. For a homebrew mill, it's the, like basically the width of a credit card. Uh, you can put like pop that in there, obviously when the mill's not running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't <coughs> put your, uh, um, yeah. So like, it's, yeah, it's like a millimeter I think for is, is what that is. Right. Um, Yeah. That's that's the rule I always kind of went with. I mean, from a commercial standpoint, though, I mean, you've got a lot of other things to consider. Um, uh, let me just look this up here. Uh, from like on our in our facility, you you measure it differently. There's some specific measurements that are on on your mill and then you need to consider like we've got what's called a flex auger. So there's a big corkscrew that like turns in some PVC piping and pushes it across the brewery. So you have to make sure you're not going too fine where yeah. it can still grab it. Yep, because that corkscrew is going to Okay. Know, so I don't know what they're working if with. If so let's let's look at uh or let's think uh bare bones you're 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 not augering like you're just basically doing that like with the 1 mil with the 1 mil gap work. Uh, yeah. Um that's um, just like a good starting point guideline. I'm t- yes, and I'm trying to think of something that you could even do the measurement with, because um, I I seem to remember a number like point oh three eight, uh, which point oh three eight I believe is about a millimeter. Is, is yeah. It, or yeah, point oh three nine, or point oh three eight is like yeah, the, is, it, I think that's the the start setting of like mm-hmm. um, your standard like homebrew grain mill. 
that's what I would roll with. And then the net, I mean, we've done, did we do a, we've, we've done a show on ma- uh, mash efficiency, haven't yep. we? Yeah, we have. Yeah. So if you refer to the mash efficiency episode and, and if you are not getting a high enough efficiency, you might want to like gap your mill differently. Um, yeah. Uh, and we'll also uh, shoot you a message on Instagram and uh, with, with a little bit of this information too, but uh, hopefully you guys, uh, if you have any mill questions out there, but yeah, uh, start with that that point three nine. If you're losing efficiency somewhere, or you're finding that that's too fine of a crush, um, open it up a little bit. Yeah, like experiment with it. Now I'm looking at my I found I found it on my phone. So sorry about all the dead air, everybody. But like, um, we're we're screwing around with like uh, seven point six, which when I measure it, it measures out to point oh four eight. So I'm just a little bit higher. Uh, and this is and that's a, in inches. Yeah, this is a um, a commercial mill. Um, that's point oh four two to point oh four eight. But I think we had settled on point oh four two. Okay, yeah. So you're you're like, um, it's like one point two millimeters. Yeah. Like for at the one point uh point oh four eight is point yeah. one two mm-hmm. or one point two. Sorry. Yeah, it's so, going to depend on your. We're, yeah, we're looking at very small changes, like yeah. incremental changes. Tiny. So hopefully that. And how? And how? How'd you? How'd you hit that? Like, did you just grind and look at the grind sum and see what it looked like? Or there's, there's, there's measurements on the. Well, yeah, I know there's measurements on the thing, but no. how did you like? So you just looked at it and you're like, okay, we this checked is, our this efficiency. Is over. Okay, as oh, long you just as did our efficiency off of is efficiency? Okay. fine based on that, then yeah, it was fine with it. There's not really a good way to... There's not a good way to visually inspect? No. Okay. All right. So. Efficiency it is then. Yeah. I hope that answered questions. Mm-hmm. And, or it made you more confused so you'll ask more mm-hmm. questions. All right. Uh, so let's talk Let's talk fermentation vessels. I'm going to uh, come out um, on, you know, on the record. I'm going to say something a little controversial, maybe. Like, I've never done that before. <laughs> um, and at the homebrew level, I'm going to say it doesn't really fucking matter. I'm going to agree with you because I, when I started um, homebrewing in oh, 2005 or whenever, you know, we were using glass carboys because that's what you could get. Yep. Um, or you would use a, like a demijohn, which is a wine fermenter. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, you can, as careful as, as careful as you can be, they're still going to break, break, and, break and, kill you. and yeah, uh, kill everything around you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that being said, when I kind of, as I went along, I learned shit, plastic buckets work fine. <laughs> yeah. You just can't, you know, I mean, you, you get to think about the little like microscopic scratches in them. So you can't clean them like a psycho. You got to be careful, you know, don't clean with a green scratchy pad. Um, try not to scratch it, but you got to, you know, clean and sanitize obviously, <clears throat> but buckets work great, man. Um, Buckets are fantastic. Um, I like the big mouth bubblers. Yep, big mouth bubblers are um, great. I mean, um, don't get me wrong. If you have the extra cash to throw around, stainless is cool. Yeah, stainless like, is awesome. Those brew buckets are awesome. Uh, yeah, Casey's got a couple of um, SS Brewtech. Yep. And they've got a pretty pretty slight cone to them. Um, when you get to like a, a commercial size, the cone, the geometry of the cone matters. 
because you've got to think about how tight that area is, and that's where all the yeast goes down to. So then the taller the tank, the more downward pressure there is on the yeast, and you're going to cause yeast autolysis, and which is a fancy word for saying you're going to crush the yeast to death. Um, so you need to like you you'd think about that, but <clears throat> you know usually manufacturers of these conical vessels have their shit together and yeah. make them the right shape. You so, know? Um, yeah. So that, I mean, let's, let's get into this just a little bit. So, um, homebrew level, you, you have three main, um, like materials that your, um, that your vessels are made out of Uh commercial level. You have one pretty much though. Yeah. Weren't they experimenting with giant, like plastic vessels at some, at one point? For the commercial level, I, I mean, yeah, you can like you can get those. Okay, I just I wouldn't. If you're going to spend all that money to, right, do a brewery, don't don't cheap out. Yeah, so uh, you, you can afford to cheap out on home brewing because you're you're talking about. I mean, what's five, your what's your average ingredient cost? Uh, depend like forty or fifty bucks. Yeah, like, see, so we're talking thousands of dollars. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so like you're looking at plastic, glass, or stainless, and there's pros and cons to each of these and i think we've done an episode on it but quick overview um plastic um is oxygen permeable mm-hmm. uh scratches mm-hmm. um and those these those are the cons uh you're never really going to get it super airtight uh because it's o2 permeable uh and, but cheap as shit like you know uh a new fermenter is 13 bucks like that's awesome uh glass uh could in theory, lasts forever. You can't scratch it. Um, you're like, and the but it's heavy. It's so heavy, and it's breakable. So that's not good. Uh, stainless lasts forever. Harder to scratch. Uh, I mean, it's heavy, but you're not going to break it. So like, stainless is your best option. It's durable. Um, like, it's not ox- it's not O2 permeable. Like, it's the, kind of the best of both worlds between the plastic and the glass. All right, so that's yeah, yeah. I mean, on a on a larger scale, if you are brewing, if you're if sometimes you brew a fifteen barrel batch and sometimes a thirty barrel batch, fluid dynamics say that you're going to come up with two different beers. Which on a homebrew scale, I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't. Who you know? Are you going to notice that? Are you? Yeah. Are you going to notice? On a commercial scale, it's a little bit, little bit different because there are people that it's like, yeah, that's the only beer that I drink, and now I notice the difference. Mm-hmm. And you've already got so such a dizzying amount of combinations that sometimes, <clears throat> when you move from a different fermenter to another fermenter, to a larger one or something along those lines, um, some you'll get a couple different fermentation results, and so then you've got to think about your work production. So when you measure. You know the the beer. You say, okay, well, it's different in this way. Well, then we've got to tweak it to you know adjust to get it back to get it back to that. Yeah. So I think I've told this story a bunch of times, but what was it? The uh, Sierra Nevada when they moved when they not moved, but when they built their new facility in um, Chico. No, the no, Chico's the original one. Oh, okay. To uh, North Carolina. Or oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Virginia, yeah, North Carolina. North Carolina. Something Carolina. like that. Long story short, it took them three months brewing day and night to make their Sierra Nevada Pale Ale taste the same as it did when they were making it in Chico. But there are other factors, in, you know, including water, ingredient sourcing, um, 
fermentation geometry um, is the sun shining, you know, like it's like, there's just a dizzying amount of combinations. Um, and you know, thankfully beer is an easy thing to measure and figure out what X factor you're yeah. sort of working yeah, with. The real reason Brian has a cold all the time is because that's how the beer tastes better. <laughs> <laughs> so they just have to make him constantly sick. <laughs> Well, I actually, I'm, fe- I'm feeling good this week. It's just I still got. The- oh, do we do we have to do we have to erase the? Uh- I think we got to. I think we might need to erase it because I don't. Um- one week, one week. I'm I don't even know. My sinuses are clear. Like I have what is coughing this? a little bit, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't call that sick. I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think we need to erase the sick count. <laughs> yes. All right. What else? What do you um, think? Well, I mean, it, like. I'm I'm trying to think like other considerations like I know it's like it's something that we needed to cover because it was the next section that we needed to talk about but is there really anything else that we need to talk about Um I mean I guess the the only thing is the like the fermentation system I mean how do you like everybody kind of has their own way of keeping the beer at at a temp yeah. that is appropriate yeah. for fermentation well, and but I feel like we'd be beating a dead horse a little bit on that one yeah. um we we did an entire episode on homebrew uh um, cooling systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you, uh, we did that uh, a few months back, I highly recommend listening listening to that if you're looking for a cooling solution. Uh, quick overview: we talked about uh, swamp coolers, which is essentially uh, you put the the bucket in a bin of water and blow a fan blow over a it. Fan on it, yeah. yeah. Um, warming is a little different. Uh, brew belts help immensely, or yeah. even an electric blanket. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you need to keep it warm in the winter, if you're in or if you colder. listen to that episode, I think uh, mine my method was I was living in this walk up apartment in uptown. If you, if I put two hoodies over it and kept the window open during the winter, it, it was it was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Man, my roommate was like, "What? What, what are, you, are doing? you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like chill, Winston." <laughs> Um, and then you can get more complicated. You can get glycol chillers and pumps uh-huh. uh, with jacketed fermenters or like with the SS to Prutec ones. It's a coil that goes down into the beer and yeah. uh, chills it from the inside out. Um, yeah, you can do ambient like fermentation chambers. Um, and then, I mean, I guess we could talk a little bit about closed transferring, but I feel like that's going to need its entire own. That's kind of its own. Yeah. I mean, okay. We won't. We won't. Clo- Closed transferring is just so that you don't uh, Add, uh, expose the beer to oxygen. Expose the beer to oxygen, causing oxidation. Which yep. so basically, um, it means that you are transferring with CO two under pressure um, from the like the last time it's exposed to oxygen is when you add O two uh, right before fermentation. Yeah. Closed transfer is not not that difficult. As long if as long as you got a tank of CO two on hand, it's pretty easy to rig up something really simple. Yep, yeah, to transfer from corny to corny. So, yeah, keep that in your head for another episode. Yeah, I will. I will. And maybe we'll do a little 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 little, little talk on that. Yes. Sounds nice. Sounds real nice. Yes, it does. All right. Well, um, is that is that all we have for I today? I think that's all we've got, man. Oh shit, man. Well, I feel I feel like uh, I feel like that's okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back again, uh, not next week, but the week after again uh, with travel and the holidays and stuff. Things got a little wonky. Um, it's Thanksgiving this week, so us getting together probably isn't going to happen. Um, 
but yeah, we'll be back again uh, for the holiday season. Uh, maybe we'll talk about uh, we'll have we'll have to talk about some winter beers again. Maybe do a, yeah yeah maybe do a little little tasty a taste test of some popular winter warmers maybe and talk about them. Didn't uh, we Bjorn asked us about asked us about a. Didn't we talk about... I believe we talked about one uh, last week. I think we did. We yeah. can talk more about that, too. Yeah. Like, darker beers for winter. That's, yeah. that's a thing, trust me. Like, we had, like, our Shandy. Just people stopped buying it and started <laughs> buying our October Vest dark beer, so... That makes sense. Uh, I guess it's a little chilly. Yep. All right. Um, here's the thing. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in this week. Again, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindinstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. You can also find us on Instagram at blind ninja studios. Um, I think that's it. I mean, yeah, you, you can find a way to get a hold of us. So do that. Uh, we love answering your guys' questions. Um, and, yeah, we hope you enjoy the answers. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.